right. I've hijacked the podcast here. <laughs> I will give you my 40 years of wisdom, everybody. <laughs> there's, there's zero. Po- I used to be an angry golfer, like an angry golfer. You know what? There's zero point. There's zero point. It it literally gets you nowhere, <laughs> right? I've gotten better. You have gotten better. You have gotten better. But we're yeah. talking about angry golfers. This guy right the, here. The spirals you can go through and just the position you can put yourself in from just attitude on the golf course. And it's easy for me to say, and I'll tell you why. Um I'm not a depressed person or, you know, I know I've lived, I know I've been an anxious person my whole life. I get anxiety and, oh, no, the world's coming to an end. And three years ago during, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I've always been the type of person who I get a bad thought about something that bugs me in my head and I dwell on it. And I go down the spiral of dwelling on it for days. And it apparently was the same thing in my golf game. You know, you know, the bad shot that just, dwells and stews so after years i brought this up with my doctor i've got this negative thought in my head that's bothering me and it was a life thing and uh, i can't stop thinking about it and he pitched it to me is you might have a type of ocd anxiety and you know i'm gonna give you this um my this antidepressant this mild antidepressant to try and you know you take one a day and it was instant i was actually more awake and more alive and you know everybody has chemical imbalances i believe this and that one antidepressant got me out of that you know i'm the type of guy if my boss my boss at work says hey do you, can we have a chat later i think i'm getting fired and he just wants to have a chat and catch up and for the rest of the day it was the worst day of work of my life this took all of that away and it was instantly noticeable on the golf course with my friends who were like did you do something different? You just hit a bad shot and you walked over there and you said, I'm going to hit the next one. You just hit the next one. And you went, I'm, I got to tell you guys, I did the greatest thing ever. I went on something called antidepressants and now life is the greatest thing ever. And I, the point is anybody who's going through things, if you, you know, bring it up with your doctor, because just doing that changed my whole outlook and attitude on everything. And my golf game, I couldn't believe that I was suffering through anger and dwelling on things on the golf course changed my life. Yeah. And it wasn't depression, people. There's no stigma around antidepressants and depression. I just turns out I had some sort of OCD-ish anxiety that you know you can you can help. Yeah. So it'll help your golf game and don't be mad. That's my point. Cool. Yeah. When we started playing a few years ago, yeah, I was a very angry golfer. I figured I should be better. Without ever really playing the game, I should be better at yeah. it than I than I am. Um Mentally, and again, versus playing sports, I play, I play hockey home and home. In most sports, I'm super Christian. I just have mental markers to go back to, right? To, 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 to take away the anger, the anxiety. I develop these markers because I've been so long and thought, okay, you let that one slide, you let that one slide. They don't because they're so new and they've never been watched golf, played golf. They didn't have any markers to go back to. Mm-hmm. So, so the anger just builds because you don't have that marker to go back to. Right? But over the years now, like last year I played 101 rounds, 103. 
The year before, played 101 rounds. Yeah, and the year before, I played 103 rounds. The year before that, I think I played 1590. So in the last three years, me and Chris Fogel played right around 300 rounds because we wanted, wanted, him played the sport, and for us at our age, I mean, Chris is a little bit younger than I am. We don't really have any kids that are around. All the kids are kind of on their own. They're up old enough to be doing their own thing. I've only got one left at home. She's 16, so she doesn't really need that around. My wife has a career. So what do I do? I have a job. Yes, I have a job that I work. I can't go to work. And our golf course, our home course for the last three years is literally 30 seconds away from my work. Oh, nice. So when I'm done at 4 o'clock, I'm in my vehicle, I'm 30 seconds down to the golf course, I'm getting 18 minutes. Every day. Yep. Every day. On the weekends when my wife is at work, uh, we're getting 36 in a day. Guaranteed. Oh. We play, we play a lot. We play a lot of golf. I mean, we live in Alberta, so we would get six months of golf. Well, yeah, you've got to cram it in, right? So yeah. in that six months, we're hammering golf. And yep. so you know, we got a lot of golf rounds in. Our, Games arguably getting better because we're playing a lot, not really figuring a lot out, but just playing a lot. Um, next year we're moving courses, so our home course is par sixty-six. When we play at the last one, you're going to have one par five. And again, just learn how to navigate that course and you know, really shape strokes off of the game as well. But the more so next year, moving into a R72 for a bigger course, of course, in the beginning, because we played it a few times, mm-hmm. we intimidated the crap out All number one's a par five dogleg, right? I will, this whole world will be in my dreams forever. Because it is, it is a tough, it's a tough opening hole, right? Um, but last year, this past season, when we played it half a dozen times, it, it really didn't have the same effect on so now mm-hmm. we're moving to this course this year, and this is going to be a long time. But in my mind, now prepping for the season as we get going, um, it's not going to be quantity, it's going to be quality. Yep. So I'm probably not going to play about 100 rounds. I, I'd love to get 75 rounds in it, of course. Yep. But there are going to be rounds that are, that are more, you go do your work before, you play around, you go do your work after. Yep. Making sure you're hitting the range, making sure. Chris has a routine on that I've seen works. Because he puts a lot of time in on the ring. The guy's an animal. The reason I won two the two of the last three to, to the championship. Should be three for three. Hey, I got a tour championship guy. <laughs> and you can never take that away That's ever. Great. So I got a I got a major win on the Mulligans and Hackers So next year we're going to keep the Mulligans and Hackers tour going in some aspect. The more, uh, how do I say, next year's golf is going to be getting better. Yeah. You know, our focus is going to change a bit. We're, like, the course, Population of 62, 63,000. Yeah, that many golf courses. And they're all lights. No. And uh, so, I mean, we're going we're gonna to change that up a little bit. And I mean, for me, when I first, you know, when, when we got real about this and we got our first membership, and we got down. 
you know why? I mean, I don't do something just to do it because that's not my personality. My personality is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be, I'm going to put the time and the work in and try and be as good as I can be. And I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I understand that golf is probably one of the toughest games to get actually good at because there's so many, so much time and effort that you have to put in, but there's only so many things that you can control. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of outside uh, aspects when you're when you're on a golf course, right? Weather comes into play a big deal. I mean, there, there's, you know, what's happening on the golf course? Can you, can you put that out of your mind? How was your day? Can you focus on what you're doing? You know, there's so many different things, and you only have control over so many. I think I kind of have a leg up on now in, in the mental aspect, simply because I do a lot of coaching, and I coach a lot of young athletes in, in, in volleyball. And, you know, we always talk about like the next play mentality. So when I go to play golf, I'm like, it's the next shot mentality. Good, bad, doesn't matter what it is. Once it's, once it's left the club, it's no longer in your control. You got to take the outcome. And I mean, golf's like life, right? Sometimes you'll get bad bounces and they'll turn good. And sometimes you'll get good bounces and they'll turn bad. And I mean, you got to take both and you just got to work with what you got. So over the years, I've kind of learned to just be like, you know what? Some days you go out there and you're hitting the ball and you just don't have your best stuff. You got to figure out a way to get mm-hmm. around the golf course and, and, you know, put up a score. And, you know, it might not be the score you want to shoot that day, but you got to try and make the best of what thing. And I mean, you know, and that's all you can really do because that's all the thing you're I mean, Alvin's been starting to get a lot better at that. And I think once we go to the part 72s, um, I mean, I, I usually travel and play a lot of courses in, in Alberta and in, around DC when I'm all day. And, uh, you know, I like to play a lot of different courses just for the different challenges they present. Like, you know, a lot of courses I've only played once and I'm like, this is awesome. I have no idea what to expect. Nothing. I, I go out there and I'm like, you know, usually we're paired with a member or something and I'm like, so what can you tell me? Can you give me any insights into what I should do, or do I just go off, uh, you know, off the the book, and we'll see what happens? But, yeah. but it, it's fun. I, I love the challenge. And I think uh, you know if you if you listen to our last podcast, Alvin was talking to uh, Leah yeah. from uh, from Alberta Golf Tour, and uh, that's something that we're gonna we're gonna do this year. You know, Alvin's already signed up. Uh, we're gonna sign up, and we're gonna try and play and play a few amateur events. You know, get that feel. Just for the experience. More than anything, yeah, I, I, like, I want to go and compete. But, of course. but for us in the golf world that we're in now, it's the experience. Wouldn't it be great? We've played, we've played on our, did our own thing for three years. You know, well, where do we go from there? What's next? And it was always in the back of our mind that this is Alberta Golf Tour. I've really wanted to get a feel for it. Now I'm totally stoked to go and see the schedule and get a couple of. We want to make at least a couple of events and then just go and experience that tour golf. That'd be kind of cool because we've never we've never done anything like that where we're under some of the golfers that And we never really like we we discussed in previous years, but I don't think like personally I didn't think that I was ready in previous years. I'm like, I don't want to go make a fool of myself I'm just new to this. But and, and I mean we're gonna do that anyway. Of course. But I mean it, you know, now we're comfortable with our golf games and comfortable enough to realize that hey, I mean it, Usually when you go out and golf, and, and I think the first thing when we started golf, or one of the first things, is when you when you get paired with the, the first per, or the first random person or the first random, uh, uh, you know, two people that you get paired with, and you're like, oh, 
I'm just going to go because I don't really want to look like a fool, right? But it turns out everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's out there just playing playing golf. And, I mean, they just want, you know, you're, they're really playing their own game. And you're out there just getting to meet people and have a good time. And, I mean, once, it, once you can kind of get that into your head, it, it just becomes a whole much more enjoyable uh, game that way. Oh, yeah. And tournaments are great. They, I don't know, it gives you a new perspective and a little drive. And there's an atmosphere. Just going to a tournament, there's there's an atmosphere around it. Getting there early and checking in and, you know, going, warming up. There's, uh, it, it's a, it's just an experience, right? Regardless of what you shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that first one where we make our debut. You know, and you just don't experience it. And, and yeah. You know, you go in, the, the pimps are there, the flags are there, and it's like, oh, wow, this is going to be so cool. It'll be like a kid in a candy store. Right? I, yeah. I love tournament golf. It just, it's just, it's the buzz and the, the, like I say, the whole getting there, setting up, prepping, talking to people. They're, you're all got the, the sort of same target. There's a, there's a vibe to it. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, yeah. Me and Chris, we coach hockey at, you know, provincial level, Western level. So we've had, we've had, Higher stakes coaching and hockey. It's the same thing when you go to a tournament like that and you're playing against no big cities, Lincoln, Calgary, Surrey, Vancouver. Um, and we're a little bit of hat, right? You go and you do your work. So we're always there. As soon as the first game starts, we're there. We might be there two or three hours before our game is. You're there, you're watching the other teams play, you're taking your notes, you're getting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that type of atmosphere going to the mm-hmm. course as well. We, we don't know which tournaments we're going to play, which, which courses we're going to play, but like going and getting that scorebook of going on work to an app, eating birdies, and, and doing your homework on the course before you go. I'm like, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, that's the stuff that really, you know, really piques, piques your interest and piques my interest. It's, you know, like we've learned, if there's nothing else that we've learned from playing Conway. It's how to game plan for a course. Because our, our home course in the last three years is, is part 66 executive course. But it is a course that you cannot just go and be a big ball around. Not without a bunch of risk. And it, it, unless you're very accurate, there is a massive amount, a bunch of risk. Because I swear to God, it was designed by a left hand ball. There's no bailout right anywhere on that course. Zero bailout right anywhere. Maybe not a couple of holes, there's bailout right. I'm going to bring, bring all my lefties out. You're going to fade twice, and you're not going to play well. And, and again, the course is not long, but man, if you can't put your shot in the fairway, it's going to be a long day. People don't realize how important course management is, and if you can have a course that teaches you that, that's part of the huge struggle for, you know, the average golfer who's shooting you know, hundreds in the nineties, in the eighties, wanting to get into the seventies and they're not doing any course management. They're just going out there and trying to rip driver down. And then you hit the next shot. There's no real thought into it. And uh, we saw it with uh, one of our friends this year who's, you know, he's breaking those barriers. He's gotten past 85. He's starting to shoot in the seventies. And um, Jim and I are out for a round with them and changing his mentality of, you know, you know, knowing where you don't you want to dial back and place this here and then learn how to knock a wedge down rather than going 100% at everything. And then watching him 
the smile as he's putting himself into position and, and better scoring opportunities and uh, seeing the light bulb go on. Okay, I need you guys to take me out for another round like this. But uh, I have more fun talking to him about stuff like that and seeing people realizing these the course management opportunities that they have out there, right? It's not just because it's a, a, a par four and X number of yards, you don't have to pull driver out. You don't have to get to close to the green as possible. Again, playing over the last few years, we've yep. won that because in our first year we played at our home course, we yep. were hitting driver off every car four because we had to. Yep. Right? And then by so last year, we were hardly hitting driver off angle from the tips because we didn't have to. Right? And just seeing your game go get to those type of levels is, is, is I mean, I hit and more this year in regulation than I had total my entire health. Yeah. We had this little series on our YouTube channel going for the green on number six. Number six is a dog leg right short. Mm-hmm. Elevated. Elevated green. Yeah. And it kind of had, for me, because I don't hit a cut or a fade, I kind of got to go over the tree line. I hit that green six times. Never hit it before. But I had the ability to hit it this year, and that's where you see your game developing a little bit. And that's, it's good to see, like, the work you put in. They did put some work in there, yeah. regardless of what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seeing those type of results, zero egos too. Right? Yeah. One, one, one that was a yeah, that was that was a round of one of the rounds of uh, round of my season. It was four out of four out of Red Crest, which part seventy one, that was seventy five. It was uh, second part five. Seven. I launched the drive with some help of the wind, wrapped me about 165. I grabbed an 8 iron, which at that point in the season was my favorite club in my bag. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This gives me exactly what I want to get to the center of the green. And I knocked it to about, I don't know, 7 feet. And then uh, I stepped, I was stepping up reading the ball, and I said, Alan, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I made this? Because we didn't even want a camera. <laughs> like, we don't do any content. No, no, no more playing, no, tournament, playing day. tournament days. I would do zero content. Because that was a tournament day, and I was like, you know what? I was like, it'll be our luck that I make this because we're not videotaping it. And I looked at it, I'm like, it's a pretty straight putt. I was like, so, of course, I hit it dead center. I'm like, oh, sweet. Uh, and again, so you shot plus five? Plus four. Plus four that day? Yeah. Like, I mean, our, in our group that we have, in our tour that we have, somebody playing plus, shooting plus four, none of us are catching them anyways. So I had an electric so, day that day. So he takes all the points, takes the W, and yeah, <laughs> just nobody's touching him. So, um, but anyways, Dan. So we talked about your golf. So now let's talk about your your gear. So I know you're a sub seventy guy. We've established yep. that you're a sub seventy. Yeah. So is your is your bag now sub seventy from top to bottom? Yeah. Yes and no. So. I tried the driver this year. It was great. It was, um, we had a 60 gram shaft. The head was a little heavier. I was hitting a lot of fairways. And at the, uh, I'll be honest, at the end of the year, I put the Titleist back in the bag. I was just like, it was lighter and I liked the feel of it. I'm not young anymore. So, but I could interchange the drivers. Um, it was just, honestly, it was a matter of just feel. Yeah. But yeah. Um, they're hybrids, which won the My Golf Spy hybrids. You know, there was, you know, reigning champ. They're, they're legit. I had no problem putting that in the bag and retiring the 
10 year old Titleist um, hybrid. Uh, the forward's been fantastic. And uh, yep, through the uh, the irons are the 659 series, split set of the TCs and CBs, same irons that John Daly's playing everyone. And uh, the wedges I put in a few years back, and I'm going to be switching to the TA wedges, the same wedges John Daly's playing everyone. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've been rolling an Odyssey 11 putter. I've got a Cleveland blade I've rolled for a while. And so I told them for social, you know, we should put me in a putter. At least I can do photography and things like that. But I just got the uh, flow neck uh, 001. It is beautiful. Put a nice leather grip on it. So it will be the putter that I'm going to start the season with. I've been rolling it at home and very happy with it. But yeah, I could definitely go. I would have no issue going, you know, if I was committed by contract to play the full full bag. But uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm 95% now, you know, and, uh, I, I got, I got no issues with it. Yeah. So, so let's do a theoretical here. So we take sub 70 out of the picture. Um, build us your fantasy. Your fantasy. Um, well, irons, I would go with, I have sitting in the corner over here. I, I was fortunate enough to work with, uh, Koei golf. A few years back and uh japanese forgings right out of you know handmade and i've got Acura shafts in those and they're beautiful they just there's a feel to a japanese forging and uh you know so we'll go with those irons um whatever driver i get fitted to in that fantasy set you know um the, the irons i already know are fantastic the correct answer to this question is whatever i'm properly fitted to but <laughs> that is the correct answer to this. But um, a dream bag, my my eight eight zero two putter from nineteen eighty six, um, my ping i two sit wedges, uh, my ping i two wedges from the, I had the full set of i twos, you know, with the box grooves. Nice. Um, those irons, those Koei irons, are freaking beautiful. Uh, uh, look them up, the dual weighted ones. Um, and then, yeah, whatever irons, I, I'd keep my sub-70 hybrids. They are legit. I mean, um, because, I, I, you know, how do you pick a hybrid and stuff? But I'm obviously going to go with the Japanese forgings. You know, not saying that my irons aren't good enough. But if you're saying dream set, yeah. <laughs> but like I say, my buddy Greg, who's a self-admitted brand snob, he could play the sub-70 stuff, right? But he's had a lifelong dream. Of owning a set of title with sirens. And he's had Daiwa forgings, you know, the Daiwa Australian blade or whatever Norman was playing. Isn't that what they were? The Max Fly Blade. He's had all these growing up and he's an accomplished pro. And, you know, he'd always wanted a set of Titleist irons. And when you have that dream, you do it. So he's extremely financially stable and et cetera. And this year he went and did the Titleist fitting and just got the irons. And he's like a kid in a candy store, right? At 49 years old, you know, watching him at the range finally hitting these things last week. That's the answer to the question. Everybody has a dream set. And my dream set would be, you know, obviously a high-end Japanese forged iron because they just feel beautiful. But yes, sub-70, it would be your irons. Yeah, I will say that on camera, right? Yeah. So that was me when I kind of got into yeah. golf. I, I wanted a Wilson bag. I wanted, a, yeah. I wanted, I wanted my bag to be Wilson. Because, again, when we got into golf, this golf thing, like I'm a history buff, 
Vikings history. So no better to tell if I started going back and watching old rounds from the 70s and the 80s. I'm a Masters fanatic. There's a YouTube channel and has every last round of the Masters promoted back in the 1960s. I've watched that entire channel probably about 10 times. And I've always been a Wilson. So I've got three Wilson bags over in the corner there now. Uh, one one tour bag and two cart bags. I got another old 1980s Wilson bag right over there in the corner. And my iron set, the first iron set I bought, brand new, was Wilson D set. So now that I've got that done, I can move on and I can be a brand for for anyone. If if I wasn't fortunate enough to gotten to know Sub Seventy, and now you know I'm I, I work with a brand. You know, I was growing up very Wilson, very Wilson driven. That was the brand I remember growing up. I remember being a kid and, you know, everybody had pro staff golf balls and I really wanted to try the new staff ball that came out. And about seven years ago, uh, my buddy Colby and I got to know the the local rep and she let us borrow all the demo irons and the, you know, the FG Tour blades and all that stuff. And he's still playing those in a split set. He ended up buying all the demos off her at that that season and uh yeah i any i i I was bugging wilson canada i want to try the balls i want to love them i want to try the balls and i did love the soft golf balls and all that and yeah very i was a very wilson guy so i can see where you're going where there is something about the brand history of wilson and wanting to be able to support it and be there for them and my buddy chris he got the uh fg the v v six irons. He got the V six yep. cavity backs a few years back in lefties, and absolutely loves them. And uh, there's something about a brand history of wanting to play Wilson. I get, I get it, you know. And the balls, and I bet you the golf balls are tour good, but Titleist just feeds everyone, right? Like, you know, I want to play. I want. The, I love their logo. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah. So I played Wilson Triads yeah. last year for a while. Yeah, and I, I I like them. I must say I I, I like them. If you uh, ask again, me, I always, I always find I always find for myself. Always went back to the Kobe one because I mean again this is it. Yeah, I don't, I don't pay for the Kobe one, so you always go back to the goal that you're not paying for that that's just there in the yep. closet all the time. So um, I like the Kobe. I'm I'm friends with the local Titleist reps, and yeah, Pro V1 X is yeah, Pro V1 X is the ball for me. It fits me. It's the right ball flight and everything. But I'll tell you, my favorite golf ball non is the 2018 Duo Professional, the Wilson Duo U Professional. That it was 60 compression urethane ball. I can stop it on a dime. For some reason, it pops off the driver for me. If they still made that thing, I would be like pouring myself to Wilson to still play that thing. <laughs> the triad, I'll be honest, the triad doesn't react the same way. I bought a dozen triads on sale at Golf Town because I really wanted to try it. And they go a little higher for me, et cetera. And when they had the Duo U Professionals on sale a few months back, I bought, I can, I'm staring at them right now. I bought a bunch of dozen because I love playing those things. And I got buddies that are like, why are you playing those things? And I'm like, don't you just watch me play with those today? I hit it fantastic. I don't know. I love that golf ball. And what it comes down to is really you work putter and wedges back. I love the feel of those things. And it spins low off the driver for me on the other end. It's a weirdly fitted golf ball to me. It, it is. 
You know, it's it performs like softer and less spin of the Pro V1X, but it's got some of those attributes that I need. Yeah. Funny that you say that word. This year, I kind of played with a bunch of different balls. Like I, play, I, I, I played Vice uh, last year, or the year before, and yeah. I really liked them. Uh, and then this year, I was kind of, you know, I didn't order any Vice balls, but I was just kind of playing with balls. I played with some of them for Rickson, uh, the two power the two ones. Uh, those ones I really liked. I played with um, the, the Pro Vs. Uh, I didn't mind the Pro Vs. But for me, I really like the TV TP5X. It's like the, the feel, the feel for not so much. I like the TP5 better than the TP5X. But just they're a little bit softer feeling. I just like how they feel a little bit off, off my wedges and my cutter. And for me, the biggest, I mean, I'm not a great golfer by any means. I mean, I'm, again, we're pretty new to this, but I find I like a golf ball that I can control off the base of my. It doesn't sound like it's hitting a roll up. It doesn't sound like it's jumping off there and catapulting out. It's like, and the TP5 just seem to have that nice smooth control. Um, at least for me, anyway. Yeah, that's those duo U's or just the regular Srixon Z Star, any of those sort of softer caliber. There's a couple balls that I'll, when I play with, um, and I, I rolled a Bridgestone RXS. You yeah. know, you find when you play it. And just certain balls that come off the putter, and you're, I really like putting this golf ball, right? I mean, I putt a title is fine, but there's certain balls that just sort of uh-huh. click and mush off the putter at the same time, and you just know it's going to be a good feel putting day. Well, yeah. a cheaper ball, like the Bridgestone E6s, yeah. uh, they're, they're really good. And I brought, I bought some E10 contacts. They were yep. on sale at golf. And I'm like, oh, I'll give these a try. Those ones are a little harder. I don't mind those ones. E6s are another really nice soft ball. They, they get beat up pretty quick, but they do have a really nice deal coming off the so Knowing what balls you guys like, keep an eye on Golf Town because they still have back. They must have they must have a warehouse stuck with those Wilson Duo Professionals because they're still on their website. They're, it's like the 2018 ball. They're 44 a dozen, but I got them for like, they had a sale for under 30. So I knowing you guys, by the what you're describing, just watch for the sale. Yeah, and they always pop up in my Instagram ads because sure. they, they know I like Instagram knows I like that ball. So many times I get fed something from Golf Town ad, it's those balls. Nice. <laughs> and I always check if they're on sale. Yeah. I like so, those tricks and uh, decent. Yeah. Yeah. So I played that I played that for most of last season. Yeah. Outside of the probably ones and the the, the month or so I used last time I broke par was my buddy's wedding 2018 in Texas. I finally did it in front of all the internet golf guys I know, you know, final day in the dark. Um, yeah, it was a Z-Star. I don't love the, the Z-Star ZV always plays too firm for me, even though the driver spins probably good for me because I'm a high launch driver guy. But um, AJ from Pioneer Golf, when we were on our golf trip this year, gave me a sleeve of uh, diamonds that he loves. And man, that is a Primo golf ball, soft like the other ones, kind of lower driver spin like the ZV. That is a fantastic golf ball. Yeah. Speaking of Pioneer Golf Co, he did uh, he did my head, my golf covers for my driver and my yep. yeah, fantastic. They, I'm so happy that they've gone from the original concept of making 
sort of stock help house designs. And that's what we offer on our website. And they're truly embracing the one-off. We want to do more custom one-off stuff for the giveaways this year. We want to feature the custom head cover one-off as part of it, right? We, we want to be, we want to feature custom and then they just bought that bigger company, right? So now they are sort of like the Canadian like head cover place in the sense of, you know, doing stuff for golf courses and things like that. I'm so happy for them. And their custom stuff is, you've seen the little bear, you know, the little bear hybrid cover they did for me that looks like the teddy bear I grew up with. It's just, it's cute. It's fun. It's fuzzy inside. The leather's great. They've really grown into something. AJ and Sarah deserve everything they get out of this. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got, yeah. Um, and everybody go get Pioneer alignment sticks. Yeah, they're worth it. They're beautiful. Yeah. He did, he did the logo for me on there. Yep. Um, fantastic job. I got a blue leather one in that design. The nice inside in there. Yeah. Uh... My golf colors are red and black, so everything's yep. got to be red and black. I've gone through phases. I had the that red, white, and blue Jones bag that, you know, red was sort of a pop in color. So I had to go all blue stuff at the time and they made me a blue cover this year. The sub 70 bag was white and black. So I've got all that in, but I mean, with that said, I'm using a driver cover that I had got custom made a few years back from an American company, but it's a Socatano. And, you know, I was an Socatano fan long before they made her mainstream. Trust me on I watched the Clone Wars back in the mid 2000s every day. <laughs> I'm not hopping on no bandwagons. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because I I play Mizuno's almost almost popping down my entire bank other yep. than my wedges and my putter. And Mizuno is blue and white. Well my yep. colors are black and green. And that, that's that's what my whole bag is. Alvin keeps trying to convince me to go blue and white, but then I have to change my entire scheme up. I think you should go black and green. My grips are green and black. My, you know, my bag's green and black. My head covers are green and black. It's just kind of, I just kind of like it that way. I'm not going to argue with you because if you follow me on social, you know, I'm all about being you. You be you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I own it. So do whatever whatever you want. Somewhere in his bag, you've got to have green because we call him the leprechaun. That's right. So somewhere, somewhere has got to be a clover and it's got to be green. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. That's why. I feel, that's why when I played the baseball, they got them custom and I have the four of these clover on them. Yeah, and that and their yellow is like a green color too. So just play that ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's all fun because you can just get into so many different things. Again, yeah, yeah. talk this gear stuff forever because. Let's get a second pod. Yeah, about balls and clubs and stuff like that. We haven't tried it. So I'm a big TaylorMade R9 fan. Yep. So because I, I, again, we never played golf, so we didn't come up through the the ears of the R7s and TaylorMade or, or anything like that. So I like to try things. I yep. like to try old things. So I found the TaylorMade R9 driver and the TaylorMade R9 freewood, and the freewood is my go-to club in the back. So that so. Really, no matter what I adjust in the bag, that TaylorMade R9 is going to stay in the bag until it literally falls apart. That was a really good driver. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the driver served me well because uh, I the last couple of years I've cycled through a few drivers in the bag. A couple of TaylorMade, uh, Callaway. The TaylorMade R9 spent pretty much most of the year in the bag, right? Mm-hmm. 
But that TaylorMade R9 Freewood, uh, that's that's the jam. It, it's literally going to disintegrate in my hand before it comes out of the bag. Because I could do a lot with that club. And, you know, if you're talking about that club when you pull it out of the bag that you're comfortable with, you have no worries about well, well, we should do a second podcast where we just go deep dive into all the equipment and gear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Oh, we don't have enough time in this either. one. To, the rabbit hole the three of us could go down. Yeah. I think so. I mean, because, again, there's just so much so much to talk about. And if you get into the gear side of it, like we just spent a bunch of time talking just about the golf ball. I mean, you talked about, like, the putters or the wedges or the yep. golf ball. Like, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah, and Alvin, Alvin, Alvin's a big Wilson guy. I'm a huge guy like I, I could talk putters for hours i love putters i you know i don't exactly collect them but i like to keep all my putters just different styles different weights you know beautiful heads i love I, an I 80 got three or four now, so. yeah I've I've got, did you say you have three or four now yeah i have three or four yeah yeah so I guess I am a collector because I've probably got over 15 here. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was bad. With, I thought I was bad with. I thought I was yeah, normal. Over in the car. I got like one, one basically for every season. I got a, I got an old Scotty Cameron uh, platinum, like to, like uh, Tiger used to roll, and then I got, uh, I got a my TaylorMade Spider PCG, which I got last Christmas. That, that made it awesome. And yep. then I got. Uh, What's the other one I got? It's not, it's not, it's not a common brand. I can't remember it right now. I used it for a while. Yeah, you did use it for a while. It's, I got it lengthened because my back was sore that season. So I was like, I wanted something that I didn't have to like punch down over. And uh, it's a really nice putter too. I put the, I put like the 27 inch uh, super stroke grip on it. So, yep. so it's nice and long. So I got lots of room. I can go, I can go down almost to like a 36 inch putter, or I can go all the way up to higher if I want. And that, that one rolls nice too. That one's a, uh, oh, it's multi. It's a multi. That's what it is. It's multi two ball. Yeah, that's and, good stuff. Uh, huh. the, the PMC. And uh, when I went and got fitted for my iron, uh, talking to the guy who did the fitting, and he's like, well, let's try one of these. He's our local guy who does all the fitting. He's been doing it for like 50 years. And, uh, they try one of these. I rolled it a few times. I'm like, yeah, sure, add that to the order. Probably good. Rolled it. I rolled. I sort of bring it out once in a while. Like if I'm, my putting's off, I find if I just jump back and forth with the putters, kind of refocuses me a little bit. But I'm more of a more. I'm definitely more of a mallet guy than a blade guy. Like I'll, I'll roll a blade once in a while, just 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 for something different. But I I like a mallet more. I was always a blade guy and. I was always a blade guy. The last few years I had, you know, putting issues and it migrated to mallets and that changed everything. And I was very, you know, the stroke was back on. And then by the end of the season, right back in blades, you know, I had to, I had to feel the stroke and really, you know, feel the line more. It was, it went back to feel over just pure stroke with the mallet. And uh, now the mallet feels a little foreign, but not, none of them will leave the house because I'm sure by midway, Next season, I'll be back in the mallet, and it'll fix all my putting woes, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny you talk about sub seventy. I think Alvin there for a while. You had the one sub seventy putter, right? The double seven, double six, double six. Yeah. I, 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 again, it was, 
naivete and not knowing what you want. I just went my box up to subsetting car. I don't have it anymore because I could be old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a middle face putter liker. I'm an insert putter liker. I'm the same. So I like it. kind of moved away from it, went back to the Odysseys with the insert. I, I do like an insert. Uh, I've always loved the original white hot inserts. I still have my dual late 90s dual force Rossi, the little like the John Rams playing the modern yeah. version of it. And that black insert in it is just beautiful, right? Like the new ones too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm back into blades and uh, the milling. But, you know, you you go through putters and the problem with putters is they're sexy. So you, you want a sexy looking putter. So yeah. when, yeah. when oh, yeah. it, has to, <laughs> it has to be aesthetically pleasing when you're standing over it and looking down. It yeah. does have to be a, the aesthetics have to be there. I grew up with uh, an 8802 and I love that putter. And when seven, seven, Sub 70 came out with the 007, I'm like, Jim, build me that. Just build it. I'll put it on social. I have to have that putter. And I could not putt with that thing to save my life because, you know, those putters have a sweet spot less than the size of a dime towards the heel and they flare open and they flare closed. And so it sat here as a beautiful trophy piece. And we passed it on to a, a part of our golf group, Jake, who he can putt with that thing. But uh, I just wanted it because it looked cool. Yeah. It was a beautiful I black. Used- Butter, yeah. I used the Tommy Armour Silver Scout my first year, like first yeah. full season playing golf. It was just similar to the 8802. Yep. Um, but I am will be sometime in the future. I will have a Wilson 8802 somewhere in this room for me for the collective aspect of it. I want an 8802. It closed a couple. Times. It closed a couple times. And once again, right here on the podcast, I'm going to reach out to my friend, John. John, remember the year neither of us could putt. He was lefty. I was right. You traded putters. And then you lost my 8802. Please. Oh, I, need oh. another, I need another 8802, but just, just for the closet. Just, just <laughs> begging. You. Yeah, there was a summer in the late 90s. I couldn't putt. And he couldn't putt. He's a lefty. And he's a former scratch. And we traded putters for a season. I putted left for a season. Um, and he putted right, and it sort of fixed us, fixed our brains. And then uh, I never uh, never got the 8802 back. It just disappeared somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> Funny, I'll tell you, to this, to this day, I can grab a left-handed putter and roll it. I uh, Last year at the grand opening of Green Tea Golf Shop, they had a uh, they had a putting competition to win a Bettinardi putter. And so I'm like, I'm there with my buddy Greg, and I'm like, I'll putt left just because we want other people to win this. And I picked up this Odyssey 11 left-handed putter, the two-ball one, and I made all three 30-foot putts. And yeah. I won I won the putting contest. And I went, that day I went out and ordered a right-handed Odyssey 11, but I can still, I should probably just putt left-handed this year. It'll probably be a better year than it has been. Yeah. Well, buddy, Dan, I really appreciate your time, buddy, coming on and doing this for us. It was a great chat. And I, it was awesome. I think I, there's probably a few more chats down the road somewhere. I will be there for the Jim Sub-70 podcast. Trust me when on we this. Work, when we work that out, you are in. And you're, you're, if you haven't signed the contract, it's a verbal <laughs> contract that you're you going to You want him in. right here? You're going to be in when Jim comes on, and we'll we'll get some fantastic stories. But 
Again, I think we should chat again somewhere down the road, maybe even before the season closes. Anytime out. you guys want me, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a good evening.